Hi, I'm Dr. Melva, your board-certified radiation oncologist and serial entrepreneur and investor. Welcome to the 1% Code Podcast. I help top income earners create multiple streams of income to support the career they love or the one they want to love again. Learn more on the 1% Code Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the 1% Code Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Melba, and I'm so excited that you're here. I would love to hear your feedback about the episodes you've heard so far. Today, in this episode, this is called Welcome to the 1%, the strategy and execution for building leverage wealth. So let's get into it. Strategy. That is one of my favorite words, okay? If you have any type of plan for legacy creation, wealth building, generating multiple income streams, if you don't have a strategy, a strong strategy that you're committed to, what are you doing? (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about what that strategy looks like. When I think about what it takes to be successful. And I see the mentors and coaches and success, you know, billionaires that I've followed over the years in my industry and out of my industry. The one thing that is obvious is that they have committed to a lifestyle that is focused on improving themselves on a daily basis. And what does that entail? Mindset mindset changes. A lot of us have blocks when it comes to money. We have blocks around scarcity mindset, poverty mindset, even those of us who are top income earners, even those of us who are successful in careers, we still have that little person inside of us that is holding us back. So you have to have as part of your strategy a plan to commit to mindset work. And most of us, that will be mindset changes. How are you going to do that? Well, I suggest that you start with small changes. If you have a podcast that you enjoy to listen to, hint, 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 hope I'm on that list, shameless plug. If you have books that you listen to, if, you know, it's your pastor's, sermons that you replay, the one that really spoke to you, schedule out at least 10 to 15 minutes, preferably in the morning to listen and work through the mindset changes and blocks that you know you have. And if you haven't done the work already, and I believe most of us as top income earners have at least heard the concept of mindset and mindset changes. And we used a lot of that to get us to where we are today. Um, If you haven't already become aware of what's stopping you, you know, is it around fear? Is it the risk level? Is it your time? Is it yourself? Just in general, you, you sabotage your success. Work on that. Work on the changes. Commit to working on your mindset. So you can start by 15 minutes a day, preferably when you first wake up and dig into, lean into what you need to change to get to the next level. So that has to be part of your strategy. Other things that can help you with this commitment is doing affirmations. And it seems cliche sometimes that you're like, yes, I'm doing my affirmations. And 
I think the biggest problem a lot of us have as top income earners is our time gets in the way and our career commitments get in the way. So we lose that focus and commitment of consistently doing the affirmations that we need to change. So one of the first affirmations I've done is that money comes easily and it, it's not a struggle. You know, you're not supposed to have not, I guess, an affirmation. So I just screwed that up. But <laughs> uh, the, the, and the reason I started there is that I worked hard. I'm a board certified radiation oncologist. It was a lot of focus. And I know a lot of you guys can relate to getting to that point in your career. You had to make sacrifices. You lost sleep. You sacrificed family. And it just seemed like a struggle to get up to that top level and then to maintain it, to be honest. When's the last time you were in a corporate meeting or talked to a VP that told you about a business need that maybe didn't meet with your scheduled flexibility needs, right? So you have to continuously be in the environment to work on the commitment to the affirmation. So having an affirmation and there are different techniques on this. You can research more of this. You have to do affirmations. Okay. So however you do it, if you start with one, two, three, you focus on one for a week, you focus on one for a month until you notice those improvements. You have to track these things. You have to see if it makes a difference. You have to give yourself five to 10 minutes to say, am I any different today than I was last month? Because I've started focusing this and now I'm changing. Okay. So commitment to me is committing to mindset work, making the changes, incorporating affirmations. Next for commitment is that productivity and improvement. We should be in a constant state of improvement. And maybe you can relate to this. So early on, I knew that healthcare is where I wanted to be. So my father is a physician. My cousin is a physician. I have nurses in the family. My sister is a physician. We went to the same medical school and it was my environment. So I knew that was my focus. I set goals. I failed. I succeeded and I met those goals. And I remember when I finished the oral boards for radiation oncology, it was in June, and I missed my daughter's first ballet recital, but I had family that came from out of town to be there and have pictures and memories. And, you know, I'm sure I missed a lot of other things too, but I just remember that because it was that day. And I remember being so excited and then finding out that the recital was the same day. But once I hit those goals, I thought I'd made it. I was so excited. And then I realized I was stuck because I hadn't, you know, propelled myself past that. I didn't have bigger goals than what I worked on for the last 20 years of my life. And when I looked up, it was, well, what do I do next? I've met every single goal that I have. So I challenge you to ask, are you stuck because you haven't created larger goals and visions for yourself than what you did in an earlier phase of your life? And that led me on the journey of how can I increase my productivity even more? Because obviously, many of us as top income earners, we're productive. We, we know how to knock it out the park. We know how to get it done. But that improvement, the push beyond the higher level of where you've already achieved is a commitment. It, it's a commitment. So when you look at strategy for execution for building leverage wealth, mindset changes, affirmations, increasing productivity... And, and a constant improvement. You know, it was almost like a game for me at one point, to be honest, is like, how can I do this better? <laughs> you know, and we'll talk later in another episode where you take that eye out of it and it's really a team. Okay, so then the next step in the strategy, I hope this is helping. Let me know. I'd love to hear your feedback on this, is you have to set an intention. You have to start 
with an intention for your year, then break it down into quarters, then monthly, then weekly, and sometimes hourly. Because if you don't have an intention toward creating this legacy and this wealth while maintaining a career, for many of us who are still employed or running our main career based on our skill set that we've had for decades now, you're not going to get anywhere. So you have to have an intention and getting clear on that intention takes a lot of work. But if you haven't set one, then we're not even at the point of, 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 of you know, like talking about the work to do it. So set an intention. And then this absolutely has to be part of your strategy. And the 1% code is all around leverage. You cannot leverage by yourself. So stop. <laughs> okay. Like stop it. <laughs> Just stop setting yourself up for that failure. I- I'm going to talk to you about failing, but not that type of failure. You absolutely have to be in the mindset that you will build your C-suite. Now, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, let me tell you a little bit more. You want to build a team around you. You want to, at some point, be, have, do in your wealth portfolio, a C-suite that is on your team. And this sounds scary at first. And I was, I was doing a podcast, which I hope to share soon with a dentist fabulous podcast. I really have to look for that episode if you're just now catching up on my podcast. And he talked about being at the level now, he owns over 10 practices in Arizona. And he talked about when he built his own C-suite where he has multiple people that work for him that make multiple six figures. And that sounds scary starting out if you've never even had an employee. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But the goal will be to build your C-suite for your level, for your level, okay? For your level, So that means for your monetary commitment, for the skill that you need, for the skill that your C-suite has, and the personality type, okay? So what this does is this will add to your strategy the level of accountability that you need to execute, to get results, and it will help you with the implementation. I think a lot of us as top income earners fail because we don't have a strategy that involves enough other people that are experts, that have the skill, and that we can comfortably include into our wealth portfolio to help us grow that. And I've said this before on different podcast episodes, or if you've ever seen any of my other content that I have out there, it is the people. One of my business coaches said that, and it just landed so much for me. It is the people who will take you to the next level right? It is the skilled people. It is the people you have on your team for accountability and implementation because one, you cannot do this by yourself. Two, you're going to have much faster results, much you know, greater profitability, a more diversified wealth portfolio when you have a C-suite. Okay, so don't be scared if you're like, I don't even know, Dr. Melba, like, I don't even know what I need a C-suite for. That, that will come, but these are parts or these are steps that are important to your strategy. Just, it's like, I remember when I first started getting into this, this whole game of multiple streams of income, looking for passive income, how to build a wealth portfolio, leaving a legacy. And there was a lot of focus on, you want to build a business that you can sell. And I remember thinking about stories like, you know, DKNY, if you remember Donna Karen or Kate Spade even. And these were companies that had the namesake where the people no longer own them because they sold it. So so this is that same type of fast forward thinking for you. So if you're not there yet, I want you to have in your plan when you're making a commitment to your strategy 
in the 1%, setting an intention that you will build your C-suite. But you can start small. It may be a virtual assistant that you hire for one hour a week that's part of your C-suite, right? You may have a $100 a month budget, or you may be at the point that maybe you're running your own medical law, farm, you know, pharmacy practices now, and you already have some type of a C-suite in that environment, and it has to translate into your additional streets. So I really hope that's helpful. Um, next is that just get ready. Get ready to fail. Get ready to fail fast, fail forward. I want you to document what you try that doesn't work. And then that's how you improve. What you don't measure, you can't grow. What you don't track is like a waste, okay? And I remember listening to one of the millionaires that I follow, and she was talking about the comeback factor. It is okay to fall flat on your face, fail, get it completely wrong, but what is going to make the difference between you being in the 1% with the strategy you need to build your wealth portfolio is how fast you come back. How fast are you going to get back up, stand on your feet, get your C-suite and accountability and implementation team on board to do it again, do it better and improve? Beating yourself up, having fear of getting back out there, the feelings of anxiety, like that's scarcity. We need to be in a point of abundance, okay? So increase your comeback factor, prepare to fail fast, document it, track, and improve. So other things in the strategy. So we've talked about the level of commitment, setting an intention, building a team around you, being okay with failing, coming back, These are the other tips that I would have for you for your execution. You want to focus on leverage. Leverage means different things to different people. When I say leverage, I mean your time, yourself, your mental energy, your money, your credit. Uh Uh-oh, I said your money. (laughs) Let's talk about credit versus debt-free. So this took me a long time to get to this. And depending on your situation, your goal right now may be to pay off all of your student loans and be debt-free. If you're a little bit further down or you're more like the Robert Kiyosaki type, you understand the value of credit and speeding up your ability to get results, to invest, and having more options by leveraging your credit instead of only using the cash that you have. That is something that you have to figure out where you are on the spectrum because I get different responses depending on the circles that I'm in on whether people want to be absolutely debt-free before they start anything versus they're okay with a debt management plan to some extent, right? Like we don't want stupid debt, you know, things like credit cards with 50% interest rates that is just piling up and we're paying losing money. When, when I say debt, I mean smart debt. Okay. So figure out where you are on that, but that's part of leverage. You have to decide about credit and what you can leverage and loans and relationships and what they can do for you and pay off plans. So you need a good financial advisor on your team for that. The other things that I consider for leverage are collaboration, collaboration, stronger networks, give you access to more power and more speed. The 1% code involves strategy and speed because speed leads to momentum. It leads to faster results. So it's important. And leverage to me also means team-based. Okay. So when we're looking at opportunities to create additional wealth, I'm not 
looking or focused on solo one-time opportunities. I suggest that you look for things that can be run by a manager, a regional manager, and it's a CEO type business versus a hustle that it's just you and the phone and the computer and the email and some letters and like maybe a kid, right? So there's there's a difference. It's almost a, a maturity type graduation as you get further into wealth building where you're actually doing much less and you have a team that is executing for you. So that is included in leverage. Next, and this is what I call the 1% code evaluation. When you're looking at opportunities to diversify your income, you want to look at opportunities that can have a system attached to them. Okay. So with systems comes strength, becomes reliability. It's easier to improve when a source of income has a system, you can duplicate it, you can scale it, and it can be run by someone or a team that has a lower expertise, lower cost factor to be involved. So the example that I give whenever I talk about this is the McDonald's example. So if you haven't watched, I think it's called The Founders, the documentary, I suggest that you watch it. They talk about how McDonald's founders really realized that the money was in the real estate. So they invested in real estate for these locations. And then they also showed that they could build these billion dollar corporations with minimum wage employees. Although now the time of this recording, which is July of 2021, minimum wage in Virginia is $9 and 50 cents. McDonald's is paying $12 an hour. And I feel like you get a signing bonus because we're, you know, post COVID pandemic and employers and employment issues are vast, right? But if you think about the McDonald's example, you can incorporate this into your own wealth portfolio. So that means that when you're looking at income streams, and in previous episodes, I've talked about them, for example, real estate, you want a strategy to add money to your wealth portfolio that you don't have to run, or you don't have to, for example, hire a radiation oncologist to run it for you. You know, my skill set as a radiation oncologist is it, it took a long time to get, it took wisdom, it, there's a lot of regulations around it. It's not easy just to post an ad and have 100 radiation oncologists ready to fill a position in any location. Okay, so that's an extreme example. But the point is, you want to be able to feel fill the need on your team to execute your income source easily. So think about that. And then the other part of the 1% code evaluation is that you have to start. <laughs> And it sounds really, really simple, but those of us who are top income earners, like we're researchers, right? A lot of you are analyticals and some of you may be quick starts. And if you don't know what you are, you need to do some type of personality assessment and evaluation analysis. You can take, there's, there's a plethora that you can take, but, but knowing what type you are is important in finding and building your C-suite team. It's important in the type of income opportunity you're looking at because it has to match. Okay, so starting is part of the process. If you're doing research and you're listening and you haven't taken step one, guess who's not going to build a leverage wealth portfolio? You. (laughs) So be okay with 1% improvement daily, small, consistent wins. It doesn't matter what you do. If you are 1% better today than you were yesterday, you're going to knock it out the park because eventually you're going to get to 100%. All right. So be okay with starting, even if it's small, even if it's a little win, document it and you will be well on your way 
to the 1% and knocking the strategy and execution for building leverage wealth out of the park. That was a mouthful. I hope that you had just as much fun as I did going through these strategies, how to do the 1% code evaluation on an opportunity, where you should focus your efforts on. And I would love to hear your feedback. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the 1% Code Podcast, please share with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and I would love your five-star review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on all social media channels at Dr. Spelled Out, D-O-C-T-O-R-M-E-L-V-A at Dr. Melva. And I want to make sure that you and anyone else you know that would benefit from the 1% Code Podcast is a member of my private community on Facebook, the 1% Code Collective. I would love for you to join me there. Link in the bio. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.